Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you. Welcome home. Hey, genre junkies. Happy Halloween time. Happy Halloween time. Sandra and Scott here at the best time of the year with a horror novella for you. Yeah, um, but t- make no mistake, uh, novella in length, but not novella in content. Yeah, it's depth. It's packed. Um, I'm so s- excited to talk to you all about one of my most anticipated reads of the year, and that is Cassandra Cause, Nothing But Blackened Teeth. So before we get into that, first of all, it's also on this book's birthday today. Happy birthday, book. Go get it. Happy you birthday. Know, <laughs> you know, the first half of our show is always spoiler free. And then we'll talk about spoilers in the second half. So, you know, don't don't freak if you haven't read it yet. We're not going to spoil it for you until the second half. Um, Maybe you're new. Maybe you're just joining us. We've been around for a long time, but you never know. I find new podcasts all the time that are like, we're not new. We've been around for like seven years. And I'm like, cool, 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 So I can tell you something exciting I've been enjoying what have in, you been in this enjoying? high holy month? Well, first of all, we've been doing weekly shows over at the Colt Show, so that's that's quite a bit of heavy lifting. But we're getting through it, and it is a lot of fun. And we've gone on some adventures and done some silly trick and treat sort of things. Um, and then for Spooky Slumber Party, we reviewed the new Candyman film, and Scott actually watched that too. I did. I was. I have never seen the first Candyman. Right. Right. Uh, it was my introduction to the series, and mm-hmm. I, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I greatly enjoyed it. It's um, it's got a lot of depth. It's got a lot of poignancy. I think it's um, something a lot of genre junkies fans would dig. And I mean, the first one's of course absolutely brilliant. And this is truly, you know, not a, a remake. It's um, it's a successor. It's I, I wouldn't say it's a sequel. It's a successor. It's mm-hmm. a continuation of the story um, directed and partially written by the amazing uh, Nia DaCosta and uh, under the 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 helm of Jordan Peele as well, who I mean, let's just let's be honest, man can't do anything wrong. I mean, he really has a great track record behind him at this point. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And then what have you been enjoying? Because you you've been enjoying something not related to books. Yes, it's not genre related at all, but um I have been playing a lot of the new Metroid Dread. Um and I will say first of all, as a Metroid fan in the past, uh it is outstanding. Uh even if you are not a Metroid fan in the past, and if you are listening to this on our um uh, high unholy season of Halloween, yeah. it is legitimately scary at times Ooh. like it's very high tension mm. um that's a good movie too high tension <laughs> uh so it's something that I, I actually think that if you are into video games at all i would take a look at it it, it you know it kind of has the same fear that alien does you know how alien is uh, sci-fi horror Familiar. whatever you want to call yeah. it it kind of has some tastes of that it's very very good i love it i yeah, if you're into games, maybe that could be your thing. Tell tell Metroid that Scott sent you. <laughs> your Her friend. name is Samus. Samus. Samus, I need that. All right, so without further ado, 
uh, once again, some uh, novel that I've been looking forward to very, very much. I was so, so excited to read uh, for one of our Halloween episodes, Cassandra Cause, Nothing But Blackened Teeth. Cassandra, great name, by the way. I highly approve. And uh, speaking of video games, Cassandra, uh, Cassandra uses they, them pronouns, was a former scriptwriter at Ubisoft Montreal. Oh, like the Assassin's Creed? Uh, you'd have to ask them. I would have to take a look at that because um, that's some that's some weird storytelling, too. And I mean that in, a, in a, as a compliment. Right. And um, they've had stories published in some different uh publications tour.com and another uh, original novella out called hammers on bone which i love that title so uh totally totally going to seek out some more of their work but let me tell you in case you are unfamiliar what this story is about in a nutshell this is a haunted house tale now it's set in Japan, and it's filled with characters that are from Malaysia, which is a melting pot, and they even comment on that. And so we get this really beautiful, diverse cast of characters and different uh, backgrounds and um, uh, even some bisexuality representation, which is really cool. What really will attract you to this book is, first of all, the gorgeous, gorgeous cover art. It's really stunning and gross and then um <laughs> let's also talk about what's blurbed so first of all the tagline for the book is the bride gets lonely down there in the dirt mm. brutally delicious Ka is a master of teasing your senses and then terrorizing them you know who said that nk jemison oh my goodness yeah not no big deal just nk jemison best-selling author of the fifth season how about this it's got a smile so wicked you might just have to grin along with it i know i did Stephen Graham Jones. Oh my goodness. The only good Indians author, among other things, but we did review that on the show, just like MK Jemison's fifth season. T. Kingfisher, author of The Twisted Ones. Delicate and disgusting. Each page holds an image more finely drawn and disturbing than the last. You see words, I mean, brutally delicious, oozes dread, folklore fans. I mean, what you need to know is this is a group of old friends who get together for a little bit of a kind of a last hurrah after they've um, kind of scattered to the winds for various reasons. And they, two of them are getting married. And so they're gathered at this ancient <laughs> mansion in Japan that is supposed to be haunted because just like us, they love spooky things and ghost stories. And well, what do you think happens when you go to a haunted house and you are a haunted person? They sure think that they like haunted things and spooky things, <laughs> but... Uh, it's always been a good time in the past. Yeah. Good, scary time. Um, One of the... Okay, I guess... Uh, you know what? Just, I'm just going to jump into it. This was an absolute obsession for me. Um session i was looking forward to this book and it did not disappoint me in fact it exceeded my expectations um i think it was beautiful and poetic the prose is absolutely luscious luscious it is like poetry and it reads more like poetry than than like just like a point and click ghost story um part of the poignancy that i love about this is that it's not set in a location that I am familiar with in a culture that I'm overly familiar with. So I get to learn and expand and be frightened in new ways. <laughs> and um, there's all that baggage that comes with P 
people who've been friends since they were kids and some past transgressions come to the surface because you've got people isolated, you know, kind of in this one space together and things literally and figuratively come out. <laughs> well, for me, this this is one of those stories where our uh, our experience score kind of breaks a little bit for me. Okay. Um, I'm settling on a good read for this book. Oh. Uh, and and the reason why is because it, it kind of there there's things about this book that was that was very difficult for me and there's things about this book that I absolutely loved and reveled in. Yeah. So, for example, uh we all know that Scott does not have the greatest um experience with weird books. With um how did you describe it? What do you mean? Okay, so this book has similar uh, uh, feelings and setting, and and as as the Southern Reach trilogy, okay, uh, where it's 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 non traditional storytelling. Mm, yes, and, it's a little bit of weird fiction, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it, and it's it's that's a little bit hard for me, just in general. Right. Uh, this is also so poetic. Yes, and beautifully described. It's often not your thing. Well. I'm going to say that that is actually more on the obsession side for me. Uh, You're right. You know, sometimes overly descriptive things slide off of me, but in this case it is so beautifully written. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the, the interactions between the characters are fascinating and, Mm -hmm. and real in, but also it, but also uh, elevated to a level that's kind of surreal. Mm hmm. And I actually really liked that about this book. Um, so I'm going with the good read because it's just kind of like, I guess, I don't know what I don't know what to say about this book. Right. Um, what did you think about the setting? Because I the setting is really a character. Um, I mean, and just being in Japan. Oh, so cool. This ancient decayed mansion. I think that that's one of the reasons why I said that this is a a a full novel in content um i think a really good way to to approach this if you're not like really knowledgeable in uh japanese folklore and japanese spiritualism and and those kind of things Mm -hmm. is come prepared with wikipedia on a second device (laughs) because you can easily lose yourself in learning about different um you know, different pieces of history when it comes to spirits or ghosts or, or mm-hmm. hauntings yeah. when it comes to Japanese culture that I was not, that I didn't have uh, experience with before. That's true. Um, I'll say I came in with a little ammo from some of the different horror manga I've read and also um, Japanese horror films I'm a big fan of. So I feel like I kind of came in with a, li- a little bit of like a, a base knowledge. There was a couple of things that I was like, oh, I want to look that up because I want to know like more about that. But um, that's good. I mean, you learn. Yes, it's yeah. great. You expand your horizons because I think, you know, we get stuck in these ruts of um, Western hauntings and, uh, you know, Western civilization, America, Britain, um, you know, like this is this is the standard thing. It's probably a Victorian home. And I love all of that. And I love uh, I love gothic literature. And this is like oh, gothic from a different yes. um, lens. Mm hmm. Um, 
it's also, and maybe this is a trigger warning for some, um, a really, I feel, accurate depiction of depression. Yes. Um, let's just go ahead and throw it in here because it's kind of at the the very beginning of the book. This is a this is a uh, a trigger warning, if you will. This book does deal with um, at least the history of su- of suicidal ideation and depression mm-hmm. in a way that is very real yeah. and did feed a little bit into my uh, struggle with the book. It's very real. It's very hard. It's very real. Um, and we're both people that understand that struggle a lot, like many. And there's, you know, sometimes stuff like that is a struggle, but it also is so affirming and it makes you feel less alone because you're like, yes, someone else knows that. You know what I mean? And that's really powerful. Um, so very important. And it, it only adds to a brilliant character and a brilliant character study in general. Um, As far as appeal goes, this Mm. one's a little bit trickier because mm, I really would like to see this get into the hands of a lot of people. A lot of people who like horror, especially a lot of people that like, you know, kind of Japanese culture and like to kind of immerse themselves in that Uh, people who like, books about complicated old friend uh, <laughs> dynamic, which is a whole thing. A lot of people love that. I don't know if there's quite a name for that, <laughs> but friend trauma. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's. Uh, well, let me tell you what I think. What do you think? And, and maybe, and maybe it'll, it'll help cement your feelings on it. I do feel that this falls into niche, um, but it's not like a single niche. I think that this is, if you're into traditional horror, this is a book that you should pick up and read, and it's going to expand some of your ideas on what horror can be. Mm-hmm. If you are into uh, Japanese lore and, and Japanese folklore specifically, this is something that I think you're going to enjoy seeing a an outsider's take as far as the characters are concerned um, into what that can mean in a, in a modern day bent. Uh, but but ultimately, I think you do have to come into this book with something. Um, this is not the kind of book that, for example, is in my my wheelhouse, and I appreciate it. Because you know, as a uh, as a reviewer and as someone who's read a lot of horror for this show, yeah. But it's it's not. But even as someone who is who has a who was a appreciation for horror over the past few years. This isn't something that really falls into my wheelhouse. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying like, oh, I'm the, I'm, I should be the target audience for anything in general or broad. But right. I, I think that you have to come into this with a little something. Okay. Well, I think that's um, obviously very real take and we can all appreciate that. And I, I hear what you're saying. I think I'm tending to lean more into the general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. More into like, if you have a passing interest in horror, maybe you're the type of person that only reads horror around this time of year. I think you could still really enjoy it. I think um, horror fans will be hungry for something different like this. And we should support this author, this voice and this um, non you know, <laughs> English horror, <laughs> uh, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's not the same Victorian ghost we've all met 50 million times. Um, and, you know, we got to show our support that that's what we want. Um, 
but I, then I also think that people who just want a good scare would enjoy the um the freshness of this. Yeah, I, I want to be clear. When I say niche, I mean someone who is into horror falls into that niche. Yeah. If if you love horror and you're listening to the show, you know, we see what you say to us. You probably do. You should absolutely read this. I feel like next time I go into a, a haunted place, all the Victorian ghosts are going to be like, bitch, I heard what you said on genre junkies. And they're like, we're never going to haunt you anymore. <laughs> and the haunted mansion is going to close its doors. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not what I meant. I still love you guys. Come back. If you're here for Sandra, read it. If you're here for me, mm, think about it. Read it. um yeah i i can't wait to kind of talk a little bit more in the spoiler sections about some specific interesting uh little little points that come up but um i guess my my parting thought before we go to the spoiler section is to tell you this book is just an absolute treat it visually i i just i saw it painted just coming to life in front of my eyes. I had such a wonderful sense of place in this book. Uh, it, it felt cinematic to me. It felt like, you know, Scott says that thing of, what movie were we watching when this happened? And it'll be like, no, it wasn't a movie. It was from this book. Yeah. I feel like that for me with this. Um, I love smart poetic language that's not flowery in any sort of a pretentious way. It's flowery because it's beautiful and and accurate and i i loved it i absolutely adored this story and i um especially like to talk about the ending a little bit too so definitely i mean if it piques your interest at all read this book look forward to the spoiler section because i have i personally have many uh things to just absolutely gush about this book that are just so spoiler heavy that i can't do it in the spoiler free section we gotta go we gotta go to the spoiler section happy halloween we'll see you there hey bookworm buddy don't forget subscribe rate and review and while you're at it find us on instagram at genre junkies Okay, welcome to the spoiler section. So this is one of those books where I was highlighting and I was highlighting and I was like, you know what? I could just highlight the whole dang book (laughs) because I love so, so much about it. Um, So just some of the lines, though, they just struck me. And and I I want to talk about some of them. Um, There's one. I feel like this is really poignant. Every religion is a one-way relationship. Ooh. (laughs) You know, it was really well-placed to describe the character as well as a very poignant uh, phrase. Just, it was kind of eye-opening in a way. You know what I mean? It was was an aha moment. Um, (laughs) Some people... I mean, it's it's a base human fear to be afraid of being interred <laughs> alive. Oh, it's it is a it is a big thing. My Some mom legitimately. Our our dear Caleb has mentioned it on the show, I believe, um, or at least on the cold show. It, I mean, it's a base human fear. Um, so there's some interring <laughs> going on here, and it's like almost a willingness too. It's so disturbing. And it's just like, there's a part in there where she talks about like, there's just brides like probably stacked up like 
cord wood, you know? Yeah, what I thought was really interesting about the description of that, too, is, you know, our... At least in my Western sensibility, yeah. When I think of you know dozens and hundreds of bodies being stacked upon each other, I think of like the catacombs, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is which is you know is the first image that came to my head. Yes. But then there's so much more, you know the way the the way that they describe. Um, you know, the heads meeting each other and like right. the way that they're piled up that is it's very it's very foreign to yeah. what, you know, this particular reader's Western sensibilities normally envision. And it's also brilliant because of course our narrator can't actually see this when she starts to describe everything. It's just your own imagination kind of running wild a little bit. Yes. Um, an example of the absolute bleak grotesque beauty of this writing i oh my god i'm so obsessed with it like a wedding veil a morning cowl like froth on the lip of a bride drowning on soil you know that old chestnut that's a good pull a bride <laughs> drowning on soil oh wait that's not actually a turn of phrase that's just a turn of phrase in this novel and you're like ah ah it, it just goes to show when you think that you've read every um trope and simile out there and a lot of them are beautiful even when they're used you know hundreds of times that you know we've all read them sometimes an author comes around and just brings a whole batch of new ones to you uh really inventive yeah um there's also some humor in this book i feel a little bit bad that i didn't mention that in the non-spoiler section but there's um there's actually some some little lines some little funny quirky lines and also a little bit of dark humor uh well like one is when they're talking about the all the different food and stuff that they've got at the party um in the corner separated from the main selection were livers and fresh hearts and tripe awful so fresh they seemed to go (laughs) they seemed on the verge of animating and and of course uh you know him you know him talking about how well you all you all appreciate rotted milk as much as I do, don't I, when you're <laughs> describing the cheese? I just laugh coughed. Yeah, that's in the same section. It says, if you're going to debauch history, go big. <laughs> um, just little things like that, because things are funny. And sometimes even when you're scared, things are funny. And there's also some times where, where they're talking in ways that it's like, yeah, it doesn't make sense that you'd be having this conversation right now, but you would, especially when you're with people that you've known for a long time. And you're kind of like, it's almost like saying like, hey, it's going to be okay. Is It's like, no, it's not. It's not being okay because it's not okay right now. This is horrifying what you're going through. Um, so I guess let's talk a little bit about that friendship tension because it's a wonderful part of the book. Um, so our narrator... Um, it's been going through some hard times. Um, I think, in their own words, suffering from terminal ca- ennui. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I felt that. Yeah. And if nothing else, for 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 people who are out there, who, uh, you know, don't suffer from depression in the typical way. If there is a typical way, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I feel like that particular. Uh, that particular emotion, that that feeling, just rang a bell so hard. Yeah, and 
uh, I have, you know, to the point where I have, I have actually <laughs> little, I, when, when I was diagnosed with depression, mm-hmm. um, my, you know, the doctor at the time said, it's not so much depression as it is ennui. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, that makes sense. And I don't think most people get that. Right. You know? It's a, it's a great word. <laughs> um, but it also is, yeah, it's apt for this, like, it's that feeling of being spread thin and kind of a wide botherness. It's like nothing matters. Yeah. It doesn't like it doesn't matter. I you know, you don't care yeah. about anything anymore. Right. Yeah. No, it's um it's absolutely poignant. And again, that's one of those things where it's like in kind of a sad way, but it's nice to know someone's been there. Someone's felt that because they could describe it so aptly. So you know, she went through all of this and Lynn, who was supposed to be kind of her like... Kind of her best friend. Yeah, maybe the kind of get together, maybe. It seems kind of up in the air. Went up and got married without telling her. Didn't go see her, didn't, you know, see how yeah. she was doing. Just kind of like, oh, well, I guess she's just dealing with her own thing then. The other ones got her through this. Um, as she says, like uh, Foz and Philip, they got her through this and Lynn was not there. And that's like very poignant because they have to face that. And at the same time, our narrator doesn't want to just be living in that moment perpetually. And they kind of speak on that of like, you know, it's something about being dragged back into history when you're trying to just like move forward when people keep bringing it up. Yes, that... Um- I highlighted that. I'm sure you highlighted it as yeah. well. Um, the, to move past something, you kind right. of have to move past it eventually. Right. And if someone else is feeling all of this guilt over something continually, like yeah. there's a certain point when, when, when as the quote unquote guilty party, yeah, you have a responsibility to get over that too. Right. Or else, you know, the offended per- party is not going to be able to heal. It's like you need to give one good, solid, genuine apology and then just keep living better than you treated that person. And if you are still going to interact with this person, yeah. you're still going to be part of this person's life. You need to move on and be a part of this person's life and not just have it be a pity party. Right. I, I None of these... People really like each other. <laughs> no, it's more like there's a sort of loyalty and a bond. I mean, no, I, I do An think... An obligation? I think that they like each other more than that, but I think it's this union kind of binds them more than anything. But I do think they actually like each other. It's just a big part of it is they've grown up and they've grown in different directions. Um, and there's some stuff that's kind of below the surface that is a tension that never got ironed out until they got, you know, really in hot water in this case. Like, um, Nadia is super traditionally beautiful girl. And, um, you know, she gets with Foz. And I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I didn't actually look up a pronunciation of that name, but that's how I pronounce it. F-A-I-Z. So, so sorry about that. Um, And our narrator said, yeah, I think you should break up. And he ended up, you know, like she ended up finding out about that. So now these two have this awful tension. And then we have Philip, who is 
the only white one in the group. And he's a little bit of like a golden retriever. You know, he was the quarterback of the football team. Um, People love him. He smiles and bats his eyelashes and, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. And just expects everybody to forgive him. And they usually do because he's beautiful. And and kind of buys everyone's friendship. Really. Yeah. And I, and I, not to say like, nobody likes philip but right because he's not like a bad person but he you know there is kind of that sad feeling that he might not even be there if he hadn't paid for the whole thing right and and he and um Foz have this <laughs> whew, attention that ends up getting really uh um <clears throat> because it's almost like nadia and philip should have been together like, you know what I mean? And I think that's like the unspoken thing is like, and they did have, you know, a small relationship, but it's like, they're the golden couple. Yeah. Uh, it, it just felt like none of them were in the right place in their lives, in their relationships. They kept things bottled up that they needed to, to face. Um, and this book does not give it to you. <laughs> One of the things that I, I, that's difficult, but I also appreciate about this story yeah, is that it very easily the the point of this whole story could be hey let's get everything out in the open let's settle everything you know right. let's all you know either get along or go on our different ways and really none of that happens no no and i love that because that's life uh sometimes things do work itself out and people can mend their relationships but sometimes it just continues to be weird and awkward for the rest <laughs> of your life um and i i see that a lot with family and these guys are like family a little bit more than they're like bff mm-hmm. right they're a tribe um and i so there's something else that i wanted to talk about uh-huh. um and we could have talked about it before the show but i decided to go ahead and do it in in the middle of it yeah um, and that is the, the character of Kat. Um, when I first started the story, mm-hmm. um, I I wasn't really under first of all, I wasn't really understanding the the reference to, you know, when whenever whenever Kat's name was said, it was just like a single line. Yeah. Almost like it was a disembodied voice saying it, which I think was intentional. Mm. Um, but second, I really couldn't peg who cat was yeah. uh, to the point where I thought cat might be male. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, Oh, well that's kind of cool. You know, you know, this, that, and the other. And then, you know, more stuff happened. I really started to think of cat as, you know, sh- she, her yeah. basically. And that's why I, I continue to use these pronouns, but I actually wanted to talk to you and open this up. I don't know if cat was gendered in this book. Um, I don't, remember cat specifically being gendered um there's reference to cat being bisexual yes um so the way i took this in my mind is as cat as probably she um but and again because there's some of like the i think honestly it's some of the way that cat interacts with nadia that felt felt like uh a female tension that actually brings me to my to my sec to my separate part of this conversation. Uh-huh. I thought it was sad mm-hmm. that the two of them ended up falling into that that sy- systematic no no thing uh, no of I'm, 
being at each other. No, I disagree with I I'm I know exactly where you're going and I have to honestly say uh I I really strongly disagree with that. Um I don't first of all cat I'm sorry I called you a she. I I don't feel like I learned your pronouns so first of all that could be cat could be they cat could be them I you know we don't know. But Nadia felt betrayed and probably rightfully so. Yes. And I don't think it's just because it's let's find a way for these two, let's say they're female, these two femme characters to be mad at each other. Oh, I want to let me clarify. I'm not saying I'm not saying I found it problematic. I found it sad for the two of them as people. I found it sad. Mm -hmm. I mean, was Nadia right to be to really not like Kat because Kat tried to break her up with with her husband? Yeah totally justified yeah because they were all supposed to have yeah. been friends was cat ki- was cat rightfully kind of hurt because she really liked phase and and um you know here she comes in and and takes this guy that she really liked yeah i understand why she was hurt by that and she went through a lot um it's just sad that you know they're basically fighting over a dude i i feel bad for them i feel like they could get along if they just you know well, I don't. I didn't feel like it was a romantic thing with Cat, though. I don't feel like Cat had a romantic interest in in Foz. They dated for like six weeks. She said, "Yeah, but I mean, it's very yeah, water under never, the bridge." They, um, I, I thought it was more like you know when Cat knew them really well, they probably weren't compatible. But because Cat's been going through their own mental struggles. You're not really on the same page anymore, Cat, with where people are. Yeah. And maybe where these two people are right now in their life, they are compatible. Mm-hmm. And there's also, you know, we all learn hard lesson at some point in our lives, which is to not give people romantic advice. <laughs> yes. Your friends don't. Even if you think, okay, domestic violence situation's a little different. Yeah. But I mean, you can't tell people you should break off your engagement Mm -hmm. you can't you can't tell people that because that is the type of things that someone will really resent you for and in this case Foz kind of got over it a little bit because he's a very warm open-hearted person but for Nadia that really stuck with her Mm -hmm. and it's like you know sometimes you have to just let people learn and do their own things and maybe accept that you don't know them as well as you think you know them and where they're at now in life, you know? Yeah. Can we talk about something really fun? Sure. The Kitsunes and the Tengus following around, <laughs> watching the action unfold. They haven't had action in so long. They're following around. They're clapping their little hands. And I like the way that they're they're painted on the walls and just kind of traveling down the walls and watching everything. I haven't experienced a lot of ghost stories, haunted house stories, with so much animation, <laughs> it's almost like um, be our guest, be our guest. <laughs> you know, uh, where it's all just enjoying watching them fall apart. It's enjoying watching them be scared. It's enjoying watching them have these deep seated tensions bubble over. This is pro- this is their Super Bowl. This is their Oscars. This is their everything. I, you know, and I kind of wonder, like, the story that they told of this house was, um, 
you know, the, the, the original bride was destined to be there until there was finally a wedding in the house. Yes. And there could have been a wedding in the house. They were talking about getting married right there. And it, it almost feels like they don't know. They don't want that to happen. They don't want to be laid. They don't want to be laid to rest. They don't want to stop watching this happen. They've been waiting for this. They've all been waiting. This is, this is the last rose petal falling. They've all been <laughs> right there. Um, one funny part that I love, there's a couple darkly humored parts that I love right here. Philip crossed himself the wrong way three times. <laughs> Like, Philip, what the hell are you doing? What does You're that not look religious. Like? I want to yeah. know what that looks like, too. <laughs> um, you don't understand any of this. He spat choppily, nearly in tears again, the pitch of his voice going stratospheric towards the end. The yokai applauded. Of course, they'd love it. <laughs> and just the way they're laughing uproariously. And yeah. Like, like, like they told a joke that killed God. What, what a, a great br- line. Hi. I kind of want that as a tattoo. <laughs> like, brilliant, brilliant. Um, but a knife is a knife is a knife is a sharp edge meant to split the seams of the skin, open up the torso, and let in the light. A knife is a tool. Yeah. A knife is a tool. Well, that's what, exactly what it did in this case. It did what it was supposed to do, which was be sharp and open things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, compassion, like everything else, can be worn dull by rough use. Yeah. It's called There's, compassion fatigue, and we've all been there. There are so many nuggets to pull out of this. I, If you're getting this in physical form, I recommend, honestly, grabbing a highlighter. Or if you don't like marking up pages, mm-hmm. um, because only monsters do that. <clears throat> maybe, I, maybe I've done it. <laughs> I am kidding. I'm kidding. There's a lot of people who love to write in the margins of books, and I don't judge you. I just don't understand it but uh bring a notepad with uh with a with a pencil so you can write all this stuff down because it's it's really there's a lot of great nuggets in here um what about the funeral philip's funeral it's so weird it's It's so weird well in the best way i mean it's like so now we have to go through these motions um i have to see his family who still thinks they're all just so tight and don't know that he was actually murdered in a ghost fueled rage what i appreciate about this book more than anything else is so much of everything that happens in this book is is from a western lens unique Mm -hmm. uh and original and then the things that we've all experienced in other you know, in other media, books, movies, like the funeral after after everything is done, or or the final ritual where, <laughs> in this case, it's uh you know, come and blood and yeah. all that stuff. We've kind of seen that stuff before, mm-hmm. and this book kind of says, okay, like with this with the final ritual, mm-hmm. this happened and we got out. And then the funeral comes and it's like, there's that awkward thing. We all know that awkward thing. And we've all kind of seen that, oh, you know, the rain's falling from the sky and everyone has their umbrella and they're all like looking pensively. And this book just kind of handles it like, yeah, that happened. This happened. And I really like that. Yes. So that's it exactly. Um, In the same scene, we tucked ourselves into our own lives, drifting until we were nothing but Facebook notifications to each other, an endless uh, circuit of birthdays and likes and curated photographs. Some Okay, it's absolutely, again, just that 
going through the motions. Um, you know, I love uh, I love a bad ending. I love a scary, tragic ending in horror. I love happy endings sometimes, like in my fantasy books and whatnot. But I love it when sometimes this happens so rarely. Sometimes people just get away with it. Sometimes they just do it <laughs> and they move on. And there's so much tragedy like even outside of supernatural things there's so much tragedy that happens in our lives and you know we we move on mm-hmm. and it's always part of us it's always there but there's kind of a there's kind of almost a wall that gets put, put between something that's happened and where you are now and you can't even necessarily tie in the links between what happened and what you're doing now right and it really captures that feeling of this is something like absolutely horrific and oh, and like too tragic for words. Right. And it's handled with and then this they is moved the word on. of the day. Yeah. A sense of ennui. Yeah. Then they move on. Cat goes to school, gets a degree in economics, becomes an accountant. Now, the part that makes this, you know, end on a delightfully tasty, scary note is, you know, I began to worry that the Ohaguru Batari followed us, sees her sometimes. And it's like, you know, what what Kat is seeing is not only the horror and the scariness of that spirit, but it's that tension, this secret, this, you know, awfulness that spewed out of this with her friends that's following her. It's, There's so much following her. She's haunted by that past. Yeah. Uh, perhaps literally, definitely yeah. figuratively. Yeah. Um, and it's just brilliant. It's just absolutely, it just makes me like, it makes my heart go pity pat. It tugs it. And I'm just like, I just want to read this book. I just want to read books like this. This is, I mean, I love all types of horror, all types of horror. Um, but horror with poignancy and emotion horror that makes me want to cry because it makes me feel things and i'm also horrified is my favorite type of horror and it always shall be so before we go into our score which i'll let sandra think about what what the uh what our what our what our you know rating stars will Mm be i want to say i opened this by saying that my experience reading the book was good read now it's complicated because it was you know, difficult in some respects and wonderful in others. My um, my experience post read with the book, which is a different, which is definitely different, is obsession. There's a lot of stuff from this book mm-hmm. that I took from it that I'm going that I want to learn more about that I want to think more about. I think that I'm going to read this story again because there's more that I want to juice out of it. Right. Um and that's really special. Uh something that can be, you know, I think I think there are a book that leaves an impression after the initial reading is something that's really special. I agree. It's the most special. It's what readers we spend our lives chasing is to get another one, to get another one, to get another one that does that to you. Um, I really wish I had a fun, clever thing. I'm <laughs> like blackened teeth. No, not blackened teeth. Awful. <laughs> like O-F-F-A-L. Um, Fancy cheeses. <laughs> 
you know, I I don't know. I'm giving this uh, five old friends out of five. <gasps> That's great. I love that. And I, too, will give it five old friends out of five. Oh, poor old friends. Bittersweet. And one's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the others? Came back haunted in the words of Night Inch Nails. Okay, thank you so much for joining us to celebrate this absolutely fascinating, compelling, gorgeous book. I knew from the first couple of words of this book, I knew this was going to be just one of those for me. Just one of, oh yeah, mm -hmm, this is it. Like I just had that feeling, that comfy, comfy feeling. Um, and I'm so glad that I could talk about it with you, Scott, and with our friends, the Genre Junkies. Thank you so much. Um, keep enjoying your Halloween spooky season. Keep the spirit of Halloween with you all the year long. And most importantly, please keep reading past your bedtime. Mm -hmm.